0: Hello, I am your host, Karen Doyle, and welcome to the Genius Podcast. The Genius Podcast is part of a much bigger initiative for Catholic women called the Genius Project. The Heart of the Genius Project is dedicated to equipping and supporting women of all ages and stages of life to discover what it is that God has placed within their hearts to do, giving them the permission to follow that God whisper and dream, and then equipping them with the knowledge and practical skills to make it happen. Over the years, I've often been approached by women seeking advice and mentoring, They want to know how I did what I did and how they could discover what their gifts were. And once they discovered them, how they could use them in a way that brought life and was abundant. They wanted to know how to live their calling. If you are looking to discover what it is that you are called to do with your life, if you have a dream or a passion but you lack the skills and confidence to take that next step, or you just need some great advice on living your vocation as a Catholic woman, then this podcast is for you. Today's Genius Guest is Megha Gabriella. Mega Gabriella is a beautiful woman who I met recently, actually the end of last year, when she came back from New York City, where she had just served with the Sisters of Life for six years. She's now working as a social worker in Sydney. And today we're going to unpack what it means to be a witness to life, how we bring our Catholic faith to the workplace, and how we bear witness to Christ's life and love where we work. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with Mega Gabriella. Welcome, Mega Gabriella, to the Genius Podcast. It is such a joy and such a gift to have you uh, on the podcast. Thank you, thank you. I'm so excited about our conversation. I know we connected more recently, virtually, last year. I haven't met you mm-hmm. in flesh yet. I'm very much looking forward <laughs> to that when all this virus is over. But yes. the conversations I had with you, we spoke for a couple of hours, I think, that first night, and I got off the phone just feeling so edified and uplifted it was just a really beautiful connection and a beautiful conversation I think God often does that doesn't he he just strategically places people in your life to connect with you at a particular moment and mm-hmm. it's such a gift
1: yeah yeah I yeah. think it's mutual
0: <laughs> yeah and I do I just I we hit it off and we've had a lot of laughs so <laughs> we have a serious podcast today amongst all the laughs, <laughs> But it's, it's I will just, do my best. <laughs> no, it's, it's good fun. We need to be, have a bit of a laugh during this season at the moment. But, yeah, yeah, I think we share this passion, love for Jesus and also the genius of womanhood and just how, as women, we can live our genius. I know you're very passionate about that as well. And we also mm-hmm. share this connection in, I guess, healthcare. You're a social worker and I was a registered nurse and I think that connection, we had a lot of great conversations around that as well hmm That's right. And so I think what I'd love to do this morning is just to unpack this idea around mm-hmm. being a witness to life and being an authentic Catholic woman in the secular workspace because you work as a social worker in this, in this sphere of influence and mm-hmm. you do your very best to bring Christ to your work. And so that's something that we're going to unpack as we talk this morning around some different points. But I'm just wondering if you can tell us a little bit about yourself and a bit of more about your background.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, I grew up in a normal kind of, uh, you know, Catholic family, mum and dad and a younger brother. And, uh, yeah, I graduated with a social work degree. I worked for a little bit. For about 18 months uh, before the Lord called me to enter religious life. And so I was with the Sisters of Life uh, in New York for about six years. And then the Lord had other plans and he brought me back to Australia. And now I work as a social worker at a hospital covering maternity and pediatrics. Cool. So I cover five areas, the antenatal clinic, uh, the birthing unit, uh, the maternity ward, um the special care nursery and paediatrics ward fantastic just a small hospital in sydney
0: yeah beautiful and and similar i know the sisters of life quite well we actually credit them and their prayers for us being able to have children because we um (laughs) we weren't able to have children for six years and i remember speaking with the sisters of life at a conference in new zealand and then again they invited us to be part of their Love and Life site at World Youth Day Mm -hmm. when it was in Sydney in 2008. So when we were in New Zealand, Jonathan and I had hit a really terrible low, just six years Mm. of infertility, and it was incredibly Mm. difficult. And Mm. I remember sitting in the stairwell of this fancy dinner one night with one of the sisters, and we had the most beautiful conversation, and she just said, I'm going to pray. I'm going to have faith for you. Anyway, mm-hmm. A month later we conceived our first child. <laughs> then, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then at World Youth Day again, you know, we were talking because we, th- we wanted to try to have another baby, obviously, and that wasn't happening a second time. And the sisters, a similar conversation, and they said, well, we're going to go away and pray. And sure enough, a month later, we can see. (laughs) And then our third, we had three children in three years. So we said to the sisters, please stop praying now. We're good. Thank you so much. (laughs) But the Sisters of Life have a beautiful philosophy around just recognising, I mean, we all do as Catholics, but I think this shines mm. through the work that the sisters do around the value and dignity and of human life and the sacredness mm. of human life. And mm-hmm. I guess then bringing that back into your social work, working with women who are pregnant in Australia and newborn babies, do you feel like what you learnt while you were with the sisters is helpful in terms of your work in social work
1: now? Oh, my gosh. Totally. I just feel like um, a lot of my formation come from uh, my experience with the sisters and uh, I've learned so much and I, I'm i am not, I probably wouldn't be the person that I am today without the formation and the love that they've, they've kind of given me. So yeah, I've learned so much. It's such an interesting
0: journey that you've had. And I'm interested to ask you how, I guess, how did you come to be doing what you're doing today? Because I mean it's all a journey isn't it? Like we take different turns and I know you've said something about the lord just giving you breadcrumbs and <laughs> you followed your nose. <laughs> so did did God actually ever speak to you really clearly about being a social worker or being a sister or like how did
1: all of that unfold to I guess where yeah, you are today? Yeah no that's it's definitely a lot of talking with Jesus yeah. and um he I mean, I, I, when I was a student, year 12, you know, I was a maths and science student and I was kind of, I loved art. And so I thought, you know, I just want to be a Disney animator. <laughs> um, and I, I was talking with the Lord about it and uh, he just wasn't giving me any peace <laughs> until, uh, until I settled in, in social work. And I'm kind of like, what? <laughs> I hate essays. I'm an ESL student. Uh-huh. Um, I'm a math and science student, and you want me to do social work and write five thousand word essays? You're kidding me! And no, but but that was the thing that he wanted me to do. I'm kind of like okay, it <laughs> Um and um, yeah, no, it, it was just I just had this kind of fire to this yeah just a desire in my heart to be able to to serve and so I was like okay great if you you want me to go into social work then then okay you have to give me the words to write these essays because I hate essays (laughs) and and then when I just started working about 18 months I was working with as a a case manager in a foster care agency loved the kids and called me to enter religious life and I'm like what (laughs) I just got started (laughs) Yeah, then he went, you know, six years over there, and and he called me back here. I'm kind of like, what? <laughs> um, and I, very much, you know, when uh, when you talk with Jesus, there's always an adventure. And he he does the all the driving, you know. He's a real good gentleman. Yeah, I just kind of follow my nose and like, okay, what's the next step, Jesus? What's the next step? We're always in in it for the adventure, and and he yeah. he always surprises you. <laughs> he certainly um, he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, just that's just the way that. I've come to where I am, Yeah, um, just being able to be open with him, be totally yeah. honest. and
0: Absolutely. And I love that. And I, our journey has been quite similar. Like I specialized in oncology and palliative care, and then somehow mm-hmm. I ended up doing public speaking and working with teenagers, which is something I said I would never in my life ever do. So <laughs> the Lord has a crazy I, plan of taking us, you know, on different adventures. And yeah. Yes. none of it's for nothing is it like he uses no everything. no thing and and it's only now that I look back and I see that he strategically placed me in certain roles or jobs or had experiences for the purposes for what I'm doing today I think you would feel mm-hmm. similar, wouldn't mm-hmm. you? That there's yeah, he has it all planned out. He uses everything.
1: He does, and and a lot of the times when I have my adult temper tantrums, yeah. um, when I don't understand, um, I <laughs> when yes. I come to my senses in that split five minutes or five seconds, I sort of just have to have this, make a lot of acts of faith. Of yeah. all right, Jesus, you know, um, it's like Saint. Uh, John Henry Newman the recently the one that just got uh, canonized of, you know he knows what he's about yes. and let it be that in my sickness or, or you know that I serve him and it, it's just that prayer has been such a consolation yeah just kind of making acts of faith I'm like I don't know what you, where you're taking me at least one of us does <laughs> say to him too because I, like, I mean I don't have the best ears and I don't have the best eyes and I, I tell him you know Jesus I'm blind and I'm deaf if you want me to do something you gotta make it really obvious <laughs>
0: Fantastic.
1: no, it's and there's so many, so many ways that he speaks to
0: us, isn't there? Not just it's not cut and dry facts from heaven <laughs> or a text no. from heaven it's, <laughs> it's often quite vague, and it's we have to really lean in and listen to him on the journey,
1: yeah yeah and, and that's true, and and I may think you know I always say to the Lord as well, it's like, I can only do my best <laughs> and yeah. but you have the power to um steer the the course you know if i'm if I'm making a mistake, please step in. Mm. I, you are welcome to step in, you know, and, but I can only do my best and you have to do your best, you know, your, your part too, Lord, you know. Absolutely. So
0: tell me, like you spent six years over there and I'm interested, mm. we were talking around this in one of our other conversations, just around I guess some of the lessons or the, the little things, the graces that you learnt while you were there. You mm. were sharing with me just about, I think it was Mother Mary Frances and, and just that really spoke
1: to you as being a highlight from your time there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so Mother Mary Frances, she is a St. Clair nun in the States and she's got a beautiful gift of writing. And one of the quotes I think that she says is, you know, women can do anything if they know that they are loved. It's, it's so true. That's, that's kind of one of the lessons that I've learned while at the visitation mission when I was serving there is that, you know, when, when the women have come to this situation of unexpected pregnancies and they feel like they can't do it and they feel like abortion is the answer. It's the power that compels them to be able to choose life is, is knowing that um, that they are loved, um, that they that they are supported when they believe when they can see that somebody believes in them, even when they can't believe in themselves mm. you know as, as women you know like we have this, this grace of nurturing life um, you mm. know it, it's it's written all over in our body as j p two teaches in his theology of the body, yeah, just this mm the The power of love however how cliche that may sound like it it's the thing that will heal um when when they know that you're there after you know they've made mistakes after mistakes it's the the power of spiritual motherhood and yeah and that 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 brings life and that has the grace to to enough you know, for them to to choose life when they know and that they're loved not for what they have done uh, or not because they've earned it but because of who they are that can change. And John Paul talks
0: a lot about this in his writings and his, you know, his talks on the feminine genius and the genius of womanhood, just that Mm. we hold a particular key to transform Mm. life and to transform a culture of death into a culture Mm. of life and love. And this comes about because of our capacity to love. And, and he talks about, the fact that we are structured in such a way as to house and nurture human life and, and to grow mm. a baby in our womb,
1: mm. whether or not we
0: actually go on to bear biological children or not, that capacity structures our personality and our whole psyche in such mm. a way that places value on the human person in a way that is different to men. Yeah. It? It, mm-hmm. it, it, it talks about this spe- special sensitivity to the person and... I think yeah. that's one of the things I really love about the work of the Sisters of Life. And I don't think we explained this earlier on, but that the sisters, their mission really is to walk alongside women, isn't it, who find themselves yes. in unexpected pregnancy and facing abortion. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that, that's, that's very true. That is their whole charism to remind people of, of the sacredness of their own life and, and the dignity of their life. And the fact that it is a fact that, you know, you are loved into existence and it's not by accident that you are here. It's very, very true. We need to be reminded of that every day. You know, culture that so focuses on what you can do. It's, it's, if you, if you it's can cheap. do this, that your quality of life is based on what you can do. You know, and it's like, what no, you can actually, yes. The, yes, that's right, how you can contribute to society. But by being who you are and just the mere fact of that that, that you exist yes, is
0: enough. And yeah. you talk about this idea of spiritual motherhood, and I think sort of making this jump now into looking at, I guess, how we as women, I guess, wherever we're called to be, whether it's being a mother at home or a young Catholic creative or a woman in mm. university or a woman in midlife mm-hmm. or a grandmother or woman in the professional sphere or in ministry, like mm. how can we be authentically Catholic women mm-hmm. in whatever sphere we find ourselves? And I think what you're picking up on is that we love. We have this incredible capacity mm-hmm. and and to love and to love powerfully in such a way Mm. that it not only transforms things but it transforms people as well.
1: And that's what spiritual yes. motherhood is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that is yeah, very true. And you know, sometimes, you know, I, I work in a secular hospital and, you know, it, it's just, I just always tell Jesus, like, wouldn't it wouldn't be so much easier if I work in a Catholic <laughs> hospital where everybody's Catholic and we can just pray together. Um, <laughs> and it's like, no, this is not where he wants me to be. It's yeah. not where the doors are being opened. And it's like, Jesus like, how am I, you know, just of course in the transition of um, working with alongside sisters, you know, for six years and then now working in the secular world. Yeah. It's kind of so like, oh my difference. gosh, I can't even say, yes, it's very different. You can't say the G word. Yeah. Don't say the J word and mm-hmm. unless you want to swear, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just sort of like, oh my gosh, like how can I be authentically Catholic? And when I was praying about this, what came to me was when I was a novice, my novice mistress had two rules for us as novices. And the first, I don't know uh, if any one of you know the way the American road system works, but they call their highways by numbers. And there's a one main highway that runs through and it's called the 95, the I-95, Interstate 95, just because, you know, it runs through uh, different states. It's a long road. (laughs) It's a long road. And it's, you know, if you go on the 95. You're going to hit traffic, yeah. especially if you hit, you know, you go on the 95 on the, on, in New York. So her first rule is being for us for, as novices, were don't go to the 95. I okay. uh, don't go on the 95. Just don't bother, you know, because you're going to be stuck in traffic for two hours where you could have got you know, gotten to your destination in, in half hour. And her second rule was... Don't be weird. Um, (laughs) Really? (laughs) Don't be weird. uh, Yeah, real deep because it's like, you know, it's it's so true. Like being a Catholic in a secular world, just don't be weird, you know, and it's just. What did she mean by um, that? you don't have to i mean you know personal choice but you know you, you don't have to wear you know a gazillion medals and your scapula yeah. to tell to, to everybody know that you're holy you yes. know you just be who you are but at the same time you don't be afraid to to stand your ground in terms of your stance in life at the same time of balancing it with with meeting people where they're at because this is how the lord did it you know he met all the yeah. apostles and and his <laughs> disciples, where they're at, and this is you know just this, this kind of virtue of prudence, balancing, you know, being a Catholic and and not being weird. Bearing yeah. <laughs> that witness, I think, like in an, in a non weird way,
0: <laughs> but I guess that's what she's saying, isn't it? It's like yeah, like you said, Jesus met people where they were at, and mm-hmm. I mean, we can go out on the street and preach up a storm, but sometimes yes. I think evangelization happens in relationship and relationship yep. takes time. Yep. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes you have to earn the right to speak into somebody's life or you need to wait for a window of opportunity to bear witness to the power of Christ. And that happens yes. by building a firm, steady relationship consistently over time mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. people not only see your character but you get to mm-hmm. know their story. Because That's right. Every story is sacred. And mm-hmm. people have been through, you know, incredible pain and difficulty. I remember nursing in the hospital and there was this head nurse and she was so scary and she was so <laughs> hard-hearted and so cold and critical and just mean. And she, yeah. like, everyone just <laughs> did not want to have anything to do with her. She was awful. But I got to, you know, I was always, I always tried to smile. I always tried to say something nice to her or express gratitude or some kind of affirmation yeah. or encouragement. Mm -hmm. and it was interesting because one day in the tea room she just randomly started sharing about her life and she had been through horrific pain i thought gosh, gosh. how easily we can judge people um Mm -hmm. because they might be cold or they might be mean or selfish or whatever they are but Mm -hmm. we have to take the time to get to know them and it it yep. turns out like over the course of working with her we actually became quite close and I actually ended up mm. inviting her to church <laughs> and she came. Oh. So it, you know we just we never know the power of relationship
1: and the power of moments. Mm-hmm. And and I think you nailed it in the head Karen in terms of like um you know it's it, it's in the relationship and I mean that that what that is what makes our faith different because you know God is in actually, you know, it is in relationship with his people. It is in relationship with each of us, so personally, so uniquely, and and that's how he did it. You know, he he was in relationship with his disciples. You know, and he he's not this old big almighty God that I mean, who he is, but like he that was not the, the approach that he he when he came down to earth you know um in his uh incarnation as as yeah. you know with jesus you know the person of jesus he came down and he got to know the people he grew up with them and and walked alongside with them and i always think of it as you know like each person that you, you come across mm. they've been entrusted to you you know and and as women this is certain spiritual motherhood that that's been given to you you know even if the the person in front of you is only you know you you only got them for five minutes or a day or two weeks or a year they've been entrusted to you by the Lord. And the Lord wants to love them through me. Um, Somehow he wants you to be his hands and his feet. And and sometimes, you know, this, this, the power of accompaniment. And I think Pope Francis talks about this Mm. as well. And the power of being with sometimes, you know, now the women uh, will talk about, you know, you just care about the baby, you know, I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. So we care about you. <laughs> we, we care about you. And sometimes, you know, like as, as social workers as well, and even, you know, when, when I was a sister, you know, it's just the woman comes with so much, so many things going on with them. Everything yes. was, is falling apart and and I can't do much. <laughs> hmm. I cannot do much other than to be with her hmm. in it and to listen to her. I've had so many women and I have not referred them to any services. I have not given them anything But the the very thing that they said to me was thank you for listening Mm. because no one listened to me before and it's like oh that's how painful that is yeah Um, you know
0: like you said when when you love when we love somebody it empowers them Mm. to love and and that's what you're saying like your experience walking with these women is they come to you and and maybe they're on the verge of abortion but when they when Mm. when they receive love and they're nurtured in love Mm. it it empowers Mm -hmm. them. And and many of them have gone on to have their babies, right? And to yeah, their children. And because mm-hmm. they were loved, and, and that's this yeah, unique genius of womanhood, and in this incredible mm. capacity that we have to love and to be spiritual mothers, to walk alongside people. Whether it's for myself, I have three children. I'm still mm. called to be a spiritual mum to them, even though I'm a biological mother to them, mm-hmm. and, and also. Mm-hmm. Spiritual motherhood to all the people that I encounter, and for you in your work in the secular world, being a yeah. spiritual mother, and like you talked about, you know that that power of presence of just mm. listening to somebody, and I think I, I know particularly in the healthcare profession there are many opportunities and invitations for that, aren't there? Like you just mm. i mean as a social worker you're listening all the time i remember as a nurse there's so many opportunities and i mean the temptation is to get busy with all the tasks of yes. what we have to achieve in our jobs but as catholics we are actually called to a deeper element of vocation and calling in our jobs or in our professional sphere of
1: influence yeah mm-hmm. that's that's very true that that is very true and um and i think combining um, our profession with spiritual motherhood that is where the feminine genius is you know um, because sometimes we can get so caught up in being a social worker and making it clinical and make you know and, and, and if we just focus on that it just becomes so cold and clinical and by combine it with this 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 spiritual motherhood it just kind of enriches the profession it, it makes uh, it makes you do your work differently and people can pick that up. So how do you approach yeah. your work differently through this lens? I
0: guess you used a word in a previous conversation I had with you about, you use the word injection, injecting into your professional life, your Catholic yeah. identity, your, Catholic, your Catholicism mm-hmm. and just that philosophy of living.
1: Yeah, that, that's just, just the integrate. Of of social work and and spiritual maternity, yeah, and then just just approaching each each encounter with yeah the integration. I think when things come back to me, you know, I'm thinking about this particular patient. It's kind of like I, I like to kind of picture it as uh, and I used to do this a lot. And uh, but when when with those women, it comes back to my mind of like you know oh, I wonder how so and so is doing, or Are we worried about things. It's like no, this this is when I put them in the cot and say Jesus. your turn to look after them and it's yeah it's just integration Mm. it's true I I think you picked up earlier you talked about the virtue of prudence
0: about you know talking about not being weird so (laughs) the virtue (laughs) of really discerning and being prudent about how you share and what you share but I think also the virtue of courage because sometimes Mm. we are given Mm. windows or doors are opened when we're alone with Mm -hmm. a patient or alone with a person whoever that might be whether Mm -hmm. it's in the workplace Mm -hmm. or not And there's an invitation Mm -hmm. there to step out and to speak about our faith. So it's praying for the virtue of prudence, praying for the virtue of courage, and then asking the Holy Spirit to lead and direct and give the words Mm. to those moments. I remember Mm. my specialty in nursing was I became an oncology palliative care nurse, and Mm. it's very beautiful. and. You know, it's so easy to fall into the trap because it's very busy of just ticking off the to-do list over the course of your shift.
1: And Mm -hmm. I remember
0: remember one night this young man, he was about to die. He'd had leukaemia and was very quick. Mm -hmm. He just woke up. I was doing a night shift and he woke up at 2 a.m. and he just knew that today was the day that he was going home to be with Jesus. He just knew. Mm -hmm. And he asked me to bring him writing paper And envelopes, Mm -hmm. pen, and he just wrote these letters. Now, I had lots of tasks that needed to be done, but I remember just before he gave me the letters, he just said, Thank you for being present. And Mm. I'd spent some hours during the night just listening and helping him set up what he wanted to do in terms of saying his Mm. goodbyes. And Mm -hmm. I did, I think, you know, I did go above what was expected, the baseline of what I needed to do. But that was a real gift to him, and it always yep. stayed with me, just his gratitude. I remember he held my hand. He just said, thank you mm. for your presence. I was like, oh, yeah. so <laughs> oh, break your heart. But yes, that gift of presence, because if we step into that space, I guess in the right moment or the moment that God mm-hmm. has ordained for us to be present to another person, yeah. I mean, that's where his grace flows. It's like he is coming to earth through us to another person. And mm-hmm. we don't want to block that because A, we're afraid, or B,
1: we're too busy. That's very true. That is that is very true. And and I mean, you know, the the Lord came to us, you know, and, and grew up and in his human life. He did it so that um when we're going through our suffering, we don't have to be alone in it, you know? And and that's and we have that model to yeah. to, to work from the, the way that Jesus did it for us, you know, and, and we can do it for others. He's won that grace for us too, so that, yeah, we don't have to be alone and we can give that gift to others as well. You know, he can work through us.
0: And, and I think that's it. That's how we're called to be, I guess, authentically Catholic in whatever mm-hmm. workplace we're in is that we're just called yep. to be Jesus. It's very simple, isn't it? To
1: mm-hmm. be his presence,
0: his hand and feet, to love as he loves. Yep. Yeah. So I'm interested like being a catholic in a in a secular workplace. I guess there's many obstacles mm-hmm. aren't there and you touched on some of those not being able to talk about your faith. I'm mm-hmm. interested in what are some of the other obstacles that you face or perhaps other women may face in being catholic in a secular work environment also how we can overcome those obstacles
1: yeah i think there's it's definitely not easy and it's always difficult to to walk but i think knowing that the lord is is there and of course you know like the nurturing our talents and things like that too it's just like Ba- finding that balance. So, like, I know that in the workplace, we have to do certain trainings and things like that to update your knowledge and and everything else. You know, that that's good. At the same time, being able to not just take all of that training, you know, also reflect on it and chew on it and pray on it as well to see it in the in the from a, a Catholic point Catholic of lips. view. And, and I think yeah. chewing it with with the Lord and integrating. Mm-hmm. Them that i think is it, it's also very important and prioritizing prayer and feeding yourself spiritually because sometimes you know especially working at the hospital i find that yeah. this is so many so many deaths and so many just really sad stories i mean that can be a bit depressing can't uh, it? it is it can be depressing and it's just and i think it's good to look after yourself i mean in social we call it self-care but it i think it's really good also just to feed our minds um, because we we, we we've taken so much but it's also good to to balance that out with things that are beautiful things that are spiritually nourishing so
0: tell me what's your go-to resource what's your favorite spiritual
1: reading to do oh actually my favorite uh is Jacques Philippe oh I Um, know I love him you cannot go wrong (laughs) with Jacques Philippe he'd be at the um, top of my list he is. he yeah, is so. Um, good. And in terms of podcast as well, I think that uh, the podcast that I've been speaking to me a lot um, has been uh, father Mike Schmidt He's is excellent. So so tell me, just in
0: wrapping up today, giving women yeah. I guess a couple of takeaways that they can put into their little treasure chest of things or advice mm-hmm. that you may give to them around I guess being a Catholic and following the call of God
1: on their life. Aside from don't be weird, (laughs) Um, just say yes. Just say yes to the Lord. You're in it for the adventure and He wants to take you on an adventure. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you like what you've heard on the podcast, please share the
0: link with your friends and leave a review on the podcast platform. This helps to get the word out there. So until then, have a beautiful week and God bless you.